0: Hey everyone who's watching, welcome to the First last Podcast, episode 3 um, This is a late night recording, I have been having a pretty busy schedule this weekend I was supposed to post, well I wanted to post earlier but life said <laughs> So I had to try and postpone that Yeah, <sighs> been pretty busy, pretty busy But anyways, um, well today which i say tonight i wanted to talk about well quite a few things right um well firstly i gotta say i definitely do realize that i need to upgrade my ability to actually edit well not necessarily edit because i want this to be an unedited an podcast but in terms of actually uh making the quality of it better yeah um definitely in terms of the camera quality because right now i've just been using uh my my laptop to record right it's camera and i have a feeling that i have to upgrade to a new one yeah and also i have to also look into um other avenues in which way i have to go post my podcast yeah i've been trying to I think i've been looking into that but so far youtube is where i want to so just try to get things out and get all comfortable and stuff we're not necessarily comfortable just to gain more knowledge there yeah uh but anyways today i want to talk about a few things one um is about how how pandemics are linked with innovation two uh what's happening in in the in the oil market three um the the energy markets, well, the renewable energy or the new energy market, that's that's slowly increasing in Africa. And for um, the thing I talked about in the first episode, uh, the central bank distribution coins or CBTs for short, right? So with the first thing about the pandemics and innovation. Oh, oh, excuse me, I've noted that well, in this pandemic anyways. There seems to be a pattern. Well I'm pre- I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one all of this, right? But I've noticed I've noticed that that pandemics don't they don't necessarily change the way things are. They just only speed up what is gonna what is supposed to be happening in the first place, right? Um, almost like a thing of well wow, We've all noticed that, that that it's become more common for people to work from home, right? The um, thing of we need more people who will be involved in the tech space, right? Um, uh, being involved in ways in which people can, uh, can remotely do things, right? Like as many things possible. Shopping, um, going and hanging out with people, um, are basically communicating Either in, the pers- in either, either in your personal life or in your work life, right? and it seems to be it seems to be um, something that I've noticed that it seems to be in line with the thing of well when something bad happens or in times of emergencies whether um, in the world or personally you don't necessarily change, no, I don't consider it as change because change would mean it's completely different I just consider it to be... Um, I just consider what's happening now to be a sped-up version of what's supposed to be happening, right? Like, for example, uh, Netbank for some who don't know, is they recently decided to have a thing where they'll only have 60% of the workers to actually work in their company, I mean the actual building, and 40% will then um, they will then not work uh, they' will then be working from home, right? So that seems to be a pattern that while, well, it started in large in in large scale companies around the world, globally with Google uh, Google and Microsoft who are one of the few who are actually encouraging people to only work from home, right? Um, as to the percentage, I'm not sure about that, but I know that they were encouraging that, right? Same thing with uh, but the whole thing of, of of companies such as Google, they they were the ones, they were the few who first started to say that um, to work for them, we don't even need a degree anymore. We just need to have experience and skill that they were, are looking for, right? Because you don't need to necessarily have a degree in a certain in a certain field to actually have the skills of those of that of whatever is in that field, right? IT being the main thing, um, the thing, the thing of programming, right? You you do, you don't need to go to university to learn how to code, right? Which is a very, a very useful, a, a very useful skill that that uh, that the marketplace of any country around the world needs, right? And now, and now with the trend now happening in terms of of working from home, it seems to be something that is happening more often, right? And with the thing of of this company uh, netbank they they i can definitely tell is going to be the first in line they're just like kind of the curve in terms of the trend that's happening here in this country right i can definitely see that there'll be more companies where if you the thing of like with many companies they need to integrate technology into their into the actual business right and they need people who need to have the skills to do so but then in doing so they don't necessarily have to be in the actual like physical space for it to for them to actually do their work right meaning that as we do that more often there'll definitely be a trend of (sighs) excuse me don't know i'm burping so much Ooh, finally got that up a trend of of more of more people actually working remotely, that's going to be a trend that'll definitely be happening often here. Especially as we are trying to integrate uh, technology more into this country, especially as we do that. So, and also, uh, and also, with the Bank they um, have decided to go sell or to go put up a lot of the office spaces into the market, like that they that they put up for market, if I can say that, yeah. Which means that there will be a lot more, a lot more property available, which can be a good thing for people who want office space or just want more, more, uh, more property in general. But then, of course, with the thing I was talking about in the previous episode about how, uh, how the property market in this country actually isn't necessarily. What's the word? It isn't necessarily going well, right? Um, in terms of the fact that it's, terms of the fact that like the value has been has been has been underperforming. If you, if your count, if your inflation has been has been like doing pretty badly for the past ten years, right? So I would say that more property being available means that the general value of property in the country would will not be as will not be growing as much or will be actually worsening potentially, right? Because if something that isn't necessarily even valuable is more available out there for people to go buy there isn't really really gonna be a high demand for it, right? So it'd be something like that, right? And that just just is going in line with the thing of well I'm tying it back to the thing of the pandemic and innovation. A thing, or oh, well, a new way of doing things, or should I say, or, or the way now, which I'm putting it is the way things are, are going to be happening. Anyways, it'd be very common. I wouldn't be surprised if Capitec also does this. Standard Bank as well, right? Because uh, normal Standard Bank last year they retrenched a lot of people because they because they weren't able to keep up with actually maintaining so many employees so it'll probably be more common to have fewer employees in a company for for uh, for for the reason that there isn't necessarily a requirement for a large number of people in the company for it to actually operate seeing as that the people who can who can actually do multiple jobs with certain skills they have and also with the inclusion of um, of um, automation but there was but there's a group um, a business, a company called Archivist, that actually talks about the fact that um, with the increase of technology and integrating it into businesses, it isn't this, it isn't going to just do a thing of eliminating jobs. It's eliminating old jobs, and then we'll be creating new ones, right? So, from my from what I'm, I'm not from what I'm understanding from them, it's a thing of well, sort of like what happened with um, a thing of in factories in the second industrial revolution, third or second, I'm guaranteeing it's third with the inclusion of actually uh, having, of having machines to do in factories. What, what, uh, what our workers used to do, right. In terms of actually creating the actual products in, in factories, um, with the inclusion of machinery, there was a whole thing of that they're going to take away jobs, but then the thing of like, they needed people to understand how to operate those machines and to um and to actually keep with maintenance of those machines right which um which does seem to somehow fall in the line of what arc is uh has been has been arguing for for the past few years saying that with the induction of a new revolution or like a new like a new industrial revolution it's just only going to increase the amount of jobs available and just be removing the, the jobs from that that like were made from the previous industrial revolution right So I definitely do think that is the case because there is definite amount of jobs in this country. it's just that there aren't a lot of people who can actually meet with the actual requirements of those jobs. That's what i'm noticing anyways right school isn't necessarily preparing a lot of people will actually be able to understand what they actually going to be going into right because it's very the world the way in which the markets work is very and they they're very um they're very chaotic in the sense that there's always something that is being included in terms of what you need to know but then Within the structure of a of an institution like schools whether it be primary um high school secondary tertiary it's very it's very um very stagnant in that sense right it's very hard for high schools to actually for for schools to actually include the new information that is constantly being um that's constantly being made in the markets right sort of like a delayed a, a, a delayed um, what can I call it there is sort of like a delay in terms of like um, like information that schools use to instruct children in terms of what they have to know versus what uh, versus what the marketplace actually wants you to know I mean it's only that's why that's there's a reason that's why the president has been trying to while well, the president of this country with, uh, uh, Amistad, um, Amistad right? Uh, with him having a thing of trying to include coding or have computers in old schools because because the fact that in the marketplace they need people who know how to actually use computers and not just do the basic thing of of word but to actually know how to understand what a computer is how it functions and how to actually use it to create a uh, to, to create um, things like presentations and projects, so on and so forth. Right. So that's just the thing of of the thing of uh, emergencies and innovations. Yeah. Yeah. And then with and then with the next topic of oil, just a little brief thing that I, I've noted in that it's well, OPEC seems to be getting desperate in terms of trying to keep their keep their, relev- their relevancy in the world right because the sign well to me the sign of a healthy um the sign of a healthy product or product that uh has very has very um has a sustainable growth for the future is that the the demand of it is higher than the actual supply right it is kind of hard to quantify demand i would imagine but from what i'm seeing it's a thing of that well in terms of demand just means um a various amount of applications that haven't been that that uh, that haven't been met yet right for example in the in the semiconductor industry right uh with, with with the actual creation of chips there is a there's a massive shortage of them a massive one and what they are used for is basically anything that is uh, anything that involves um the use of te- use of technology right phones laptops um tvs games while gaming consoles, right, um, certain machines in factories, cars, even with the uh, with the inclusion of um, EVs, right, like in terms of their applications, it's so vast. But then in terms of what's available for companies to use, it's really it's comparatively non-existent, if I can say that, right? Like because of the whole pandemic and shutdowns happening, um, and lack of restrictions. The amount of, uh, the amount of chips available is so low that, um, that, um, they, they don't even know as to when the world will be able to actually go and able to, um, to ex ext- ext- go ahead and keep up with the actual uh, demand that has been increasingly, um, being made, right? Because especially with the pandemic, people having to use more, um, more equipment, or tech-wise, right, so, yeah, so, sort of that example with oil, right, OPEC seems to be now doing a thing of artificially making demand by restricting the supply available of oil, that's why the price of it is so high now, right, um, and that for me is pretty interesting, right, the thing that they are recognizing that with renewable energy actually slowly being something that is actually cost effective now. Because we because that was the only argument of it was that it's not it's not really cost effective because in terms of the energy output it's greater than what oil can be has been used for, right? And and with that being said, it to me it does seem like a desperate move in terms of what they're doing. Actually restricting the, the, the actual um, the actual um, amount of oil that can be available for, for 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 the world to use it's kind of like they're trying to hold on to their power because they know it's actually disappearing right and I don't know if that's sad or if that's something that is a sign of what is to come right so basically like um like renewable energy is definitely gonna be something that will not only replace um, uh, the non uh, the non-renewable oils like oil. I mean, I mean the non-renewable um, energy. I don't know why I say non-renewable oils, but are yeah, with oil, coal, natural gas, so on and so forth, right? Like for example, um, in Egypt, there's recently been a a deal made to actually um, see if there is if it's possible to actually create um, um to actually create a factory that can actually produce hydrogen energy in Egypt um and there and and, and it was an agreement done with a French country. I mean French country <laughs> a, a French uh, call like a French company um its name is called any i believe yeah it was recently this uh, uh this um I guess agreement was made like last month if i want if i'm if i'm correct yeah it was last month right and they just only they're doing a the thing of seeing if it's actually possible to actually have uh hydrogen energy to actually to actually uh produced in egypt right and and egypt was it was but it's mainly used as a place to actually use oil as a form of energy. Now they're trying to look into seeing other to to actually see like like other renewables, which well for me is just showing that um, that uh, uh, with um, to me it's just showing that like like renewable energy is going to be something huge in this in this continent, right? Because there's even a thing of Listen, even been some a whole, a whole bunch of stuff a whole bunch of studies saying that Africa is one of the best places to actually get um, to actually get solar energy from even you know which, which to me is letting me know that because we are capable we're probably going to be one of the largest role players in terms of solar energy and anyway, specifically because that was a study that was being talked about about solar energy being um, a um, it, it it's all the part of being solar energy, being the like a large type of energy that can actually be um created here, and then this was due to um what is it again the thing of uh, that we have the well well like with the kind of climates we have and also the way in which we are angled uh, to the sun, we are able to actually um. We actually have um, like a large amount of heat that's directly on contact in the way in which we're angled and stuff. It was pretty complicated for me to understand. So it took more to understand, but I think from what it's saying was that um, it's actually hard to actually try and produce solar energy um, in countries or like in, in places that are like like that are close to other um, poles, right? And also, and also, like with, with places that aren't necessarily um, in in like in like what to call it indirectly in line, if that's the word I can use, with the sun because of the way the the Earth is actually angled. That like it's from what I understand, the Earth is angled like thirty three degrees um, on its axis, something along like, something like that. Yeah. And so, basically, with the way in which, like, I mean, way in which like Africa is a structured and b in ways angled back to the sun, we're actually able to um to potentially be a place where we can actually create a lot of a whole lot of solar energy, yeah. And um, that was even the that's that seems to have some truth to it, especially the thing I was talking about in the first episode, I believe, where I was saying that uh, there was there's recently gonna there was recently like a project to be agreed to be made in in namibia and also in um, in uh, botswana if i'm correct yeah uh, with uh, with the u.s government saying that they're gonna create like those three countries are gonna create something called the mega solar project which is basically gonna be um oh, excuse me which is basically gonna be um a play it's basically going to be a project where there's going to be um large areas of those of like uh of namibia and Botswana where they're going to have large areas where there'll be a whole bunch of panels uh that will be creating solar energy um self-sustaining solar energy or from what i'm i'm remembering from that article that i read which was on Esi Africa, yeah ESIAfrica.com Yeah Um, but yeah, like the, all of these All of these new updates is definitely showing us to where Um, we're gonna be getting energy from in the future, right? I mean, there's even a thing where, um In Senegal Um, a food Um, a company that is that That mainly produces food Um, They're going to, they're planning on making um, a solar plant where they're going to be having that plant to be a place where they're going to get energy from instead of using, um, I believe they're using oil at the time, right? And they're planning on making that. And as for its date of production, I'm not sure. But um, there's definitely, definitely some... So lots of moves being made in the world in terms of um, in terms of renewable energy being something that is gonna be feasible. Like it's gonna be as common as oil and coal, right? And then speaking of coal, um, in this country, um, I recently read up on the latest energy sector report that was being uh, that was made in this country in terms of um. It is basically um, a thing in which we're just being, uh, we're just having a review being done in terms of um, where exactly do we get our energy from, uh, which uh, which sectors use up what kind of energy, and also with the fact that it's going to be incentives being made for the private sector to actually um, to grow in terms of in terms of its energy sector to actually have renewables be a more common thing, right? So it's se- so like um uh, like essentially this country we do recognize that there is a growing need for uh, uh for like the renewable energy sector to grow and for and with that the government is going is basically like incentivizing the private sector for to actually try and allow it to grow because it's been stifled for so long because of um because of, of us thinking that we all need ESCOM because we they are the largest producer of energy in this country which well it was bound to it was bound to die out anyways like in my opinion my opinion was it was bound to die out because it's so it's too it's too large for any kind of growth it really is. I mean yes they did have have a new um, they are currently making a new licensing agreement to actually try and and, and get a site of land to make to, to make another nuclear a power plant but in terms of trying to go and transition to uh uh, to renewable energy i don't think it's feasible for them because of the fact that well like the largest uh, cash cow is coal and and with the world not needing that anymore it's going to be hard for them to really go ahead and try and transition and try and change the whole power grid because they control 95 percent of the power in this country so it's going to be hard for them to try and switch in a way that doesn't actually, um, in a way that doesn't actually harm their own business, and that's going to be hard to do because because to even try and go to um to actually create energy or to go and use like a new form of energy or to even create these power plants these new kind of power plants, so solar, um, wind not wind with solar with uh, with hydrogen. And so on and so forth those those kind of like renewable energies it's they are very capital intensive and capital something that they seem to be lacking anyways or oh, while wow. funds overall right I mean they have like I mean like a whole bunch of the the funds are going towards paying off the debt that they have the massive amount of debt that seems to be increasing seems to have been increasing every year right so I don't see them actually being able to do so right so this so it's going to be so so in so in the near future in this country we're definitely going to be seeing a rise in private companies um we're going to be seeing a rise in the private sector actually getting involved in actually um, in the in the production of energy yeah definitely which i personally am excited about because to me the whole idea of using the sun or using um or using hydrogen energy is like so like it's so futuristic to me right because i used to i used to read stuff like this in comics and now to see it happen in front of my eyes is like it's insane but yeah, that seems to be where the world is and well well seems to be where the world is going towards yeah so we'll definitely be seeing um We'll definitely be seeing a companies that mine out these these old these old forms of energy or these old materials like oil and stuff. They they're gonna either transition or they're gonna be or they're gonna be filing for bankruptcy or probably just gonna be shutting down. I mean, it's a common thing that's happening in America. Well, not common, but it is a pattern that's happening in America and also around the world. Yeah. It's also and also the fact that the world's with so many countries declaring that they're gonna be um emitting zero carbon emissions by twenty fifty, I believe. Yeah, a bunch of countries are actually committing to doing that and with China saying twenty sixty. There's definitely a thing of um a thing of that energy of of the way that the way in which you produce energy will definitely um it's definitely changing, and the speed of it is faster than anticipated, right? because um I watched an interview with the CEO of Namsa on business Day D- on business Day D- uh, TV. He was saying that um, that um, the play, okay, so basically like with Namsa that is the national wait let me look up the name before I scroll up <laughs> Namsa. Name before I even ruin really? that name. Whoa, well, getting so many different terminologies here. No, nope. what's that? Where is this thing? Well, oh, the National Association of, of Automobile Manufacturers of South Africa so NAMSA stands for. Basically, with them, they are the CEO of that was talking up on, uh, on the state TV on Friday, I believe, saying that um, one of the main uh, places in which they go and export cars at, I mean, go and export cars to um, is the UK and Europe. And with Europe, they have been saying uh, uh, uh to NAMSA that that they're going to be um, stopping um, that, that they won't be buying cars from us that actually use um, all forms of energy to actually work right. So so if so like any car that use um like oil petrol, they won't be buying cars like that from us. In the next five years, five or six years, right? Because with Europe, um, essentially um, there was there was research being done by this company called IHS IHS Markets, basically saying that um, with Europe, in by by the time it's twenty thirty, about forty percent of um, the sales in vehicles are going to be based on EVs, ele- electronic vehicles. Right, so basically, there are incentives being made for us in this country to actually try and learn how to make cars that are isn't that are that use um that actually use like renewable energy, right? Which is gonna be hard because the one thing that's affecting us of actually trying to create those things, co- uh, is the cost of it, the cost of actually producing it, and the cost in terms of the actual vehicles itself, right? Because um from the study from 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 the research i found um the the average uh the average um car in terms of its cost that that um that we can buy in this country the average that african can buy is around about three hundred thousand, and the cheapest um ev that's in that is available in this country it's called the mini electric and cost about 600,000, right? So cost is definitely a, a big factor of us. And also because of, well, because um, of the fact that we're actually getting the materials, not necessarily the materials, but um, yeah, I can definitely say materials and also uh, the people who actually come and show us how to actually make these vehicles. They're coming from like outside the country, right? And because of the fact that our currency is pretty weak, it's actually very costly for us to actually make those things so it's going to be very important for us to actually know how to use um to actually use uh, like renewable energy uh, resources to actually know how to make these vehicles so we can actually learn how to actually make it so we can so we can able to go like and produce it for ourselves in a way in which it will drop the cost down allow us to actually go and, and continue to export to places like europe and also try and like implement the use of a. Uh, the the use of EVs in this country yeah man all of this to me is like man, energy is going to be huge in the future or should I say it's becoming huge most definitely so many so many moves being made and then with the incentive of so many kinds of China it emits like zero carbon emissions we definitely seeing where all of this is going OPEC, I don't know what's going to happen to OPEC. Man, I really don't. And I really want to see what's to, where they're going to go. Right? Because, I mean, Saudi Arabia, I mean, and Kuwait. The Kuwait currency, yo, unless they switch to, to renewable, man, the currency is going to drop. Because from what I understand, they seem to have the strongest currency in the world. I mean, one Kuwait dinar is like 50 Rand, man. And then, with the with the reason of them being so big, it's because they want of the, um, one of, uh, they want of, uh, they they are they are a country that has one of the largest reserves of oil, right? So basically, their leverage is oil, and once that drops, or once they switch to using a uh, 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 renewable energy, it's like, what's gonna happen to them in the future, right? I mean, the currency, I mean, what's gonna happen to, to that? And then speaking of currency CBds central central bank distribution coins man 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 we'll even start there i mean there's, there's even been a thing now of of um, of new zealand actually making of actually of actually making their own feasibility study into actually seeing if they if, if of seeing as to how to actually implement the use of uh, of their own cbds right because um with the whole thing of covid uh, there's a definitely encouraged. there's definitely a incentive to actually um go to being a cashless a cashless society and and more so than new zealand right so basically they're trying to see how they could implement the use of cbd cbdc's in their country, seeing as that um, being cashless something that's being um, that was being heavily encouraged during COVID, and CBDCs, man, implication of that to me is showing that uh, that our cryptocurrencies are definitely going to be a big thing, a big thing, and and while and while like with a CBDCs being something that. That, like many countries can use i mean with, i mean i mean think about the fact that it's basically a way in which to go like and completely uh, digitize like your actual currency it's going to be pretty useful especially in, in a country like here like like, like, like here in africa right because that's gonna like basically like it's basically gonna be like eliminating a large part of armed robberies with the whole thing of cash and transits um with like, the like those trucks boys with having an issue of actually being robbed and stuff if you take away that then it's going to be like um it's going to be definitely going to be uh like a beneficial move especially for us um in this country right uh the, the, the whole thing of that if it's going to be with if the current is going to be uh completely digitized then it'll be a thing of um, first of all instantaneous transactions not necessarily instantaneous but very quick and because of the fact that we greater speed the, the the fees to actually go and uh, transfer money or to go and do the puzzles or yeah. withdrawals will withdrawals happen if we have CBDCs huh but then again cashless society means that ATMs might be removed I mean, I don't see how that how that can happen because of the fact that uh, banks go and get the cash from uh, from the reserve bank, right? So if there's no trans, if there's no cash and transits happening, meaning that banks won't be having to actually have have the cash in the physical vault, but actually in a digital one, meaning that basically it means that withdrawals won't be a thing in the future i mean it does make sense but oh man that definitely makes sense but then it just it, i didn't realize it now i don't know why i just broke my mind though now <laughs> don't even realize it but yeah huh but anyways though yeah like with with the thing of uh, speed being such an important thing um money not, not not necessarily just important but it actually being something that will be um, used have that will be of um, great importance meaning that uh, the cost of actually moving around your money will be lower right so like with that the use of CPTCs actually has actually been argued there's actually been arguments and counter arguments right because of the fact that um, well, well, well. With the argument of like CBDC is essentially saying that it's taking away the use of, of cryptocurrencies, which isn't necessarily the case, right? Because yes, even though like with like with cryptocurrency, there's a thing of that you can. It's it's supposed to be, um, it's supposed to basically be instantaneous transactions, at any point around the world, right? And then now the issue with like CBDC is that even though they're trying to like imitate that, they're still controlled by like one group which is which is like the reserve bank of any country and then with our cryptocurrencies they aren't the actual system itself of whatever coin it is it isn't well like I mean like the good ones anyways aren't supposed to be um, is supposed to be controlled by any person or anyone right like yes, there have been a bunch of scams with like all these well like, with, like all these cryptocurrencies. But the reason of those scams is because people are trying to make money from it because they're trying to see it being, seeing every every single cryptocurrency being like the next Bitcoin in terms of, it, in terms of it making your money right. But then with Bitcoin, the reason as to why it's growing so its value is so high is because it's literally a store of value that's similar to gold. Which, which kind of does frustrate me, some of the people, like, like, like with people getting scammed so, so much, right? With, like, with all these people making, like, all these billions of rands, or dollars, or euros, pounds, etc. And so many people who, who, unfortunately, don't recognize what they're actually getting into the thing of just the the, the very the, like a very important thing of investing what you understand is so important right but so many people just seem to miss that because they're so blindsided by the by the by the potential profits being made that they don't recognize as whether or not they're falling into a trap which well which partially you can say isn't necessarily their fault because of how hard it is for many people right i mean like isn't the thing of like like 90 percent of the world is owned by 60 is like owned by one percent of the population something like that right so like like a bunch of people are struggling so so there is a thing of desperation being in, to be included as well right yeah which is kind of understandable just I guess it is human nature in no way to actually, to actually have, um, so many people being, being led to destruction. But um, unfortunately, that has to be the way for the uh, for people of the future to learn. Right. But yeah, though, like with uh, anyways, back to the thing of CPDCs like with so many countries actually looking into it now or how to actually implement it it's kind of showing that what the same thing I talked about in the first episode that with that like with cryptocurrency is going to be definitely a big a big player because of the fact that well like for example with a country like Al- Al- our rights with using with, with using a Bitcoin as a form of legal tender it's basically showing that it's showing the thing i was talking about of in the first episode that many um what can i say many currencies aren't really they aren't strong in value like at all like as i said all currencies are basically all fair currencies are going down to zero they're all they'll just sit down that line because of inflation and also the fact that like because the fact that with any central bank they're able to go like and produce as much as they want of it through a quantitative easing meaning that there's always going to be an oversupply of it right and something like a bitcoin with it being limited in its supply meaning that its demand will always be greater there's always going to be an a theoretically unlimited demand for it right yeah but of course not all cryptocurrencies like that, right? Like um, like Ethereum, Cardano, um, Ripple, uh, Chainlink, um, but huh, while I am talking, I am realizing that I feel like some people won't necessarily understand what I'm talking about, so I would definitely encourage people to, well, those reasons why i made this podcast anyways was to encourage people to go ahead and learn about all these things to learn about where they can actually go and potentially make uh to actually grow their, their, their money and right, because because well i mean it's very it's very nice for you know, to actually want to know want to actually make money but learning about it is it's a process that isn't necessarily for everyone, you know, it's because, basically, it's a skill to actually um, to actually know how to um, use all these things I'm talking about to advantage, right? Kind of like the skill of cooking, skateboarding, swimming, fighting, climbing, you know, like not everyone can do them. Certain people are built for certain things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't learn, but in terms of how much you understand um it might not be as great as the next person right because i because i don't i don't know this much because i um, i'm someone who if they enjoy something like they obsessed with it and then with me i really enjoy the whole idea of learning about uh, the financial markets to learn about where the world's actually going in terms of how the idea the very concept of of trade is actually being used right like how that how the concept is just has grown and taken over the world and how we are uh, and how we're using new ways just to go through that same thing right of, of thing of exchanging goods or services for and this time just using um what's the word a simplified way i guess of actually trading goods and services and then uh Creating a fixed point of value to actually determine how much those goods and services are worth. I am definitely like hundred percent. Not this hundred percent because I ain't gonna lie. I am a lazy person, so I want hundred percent. But I'm definitely yeah, I'm interested in such things. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that's it for the podcast. Um i will release some new episodes next week and thank you to whoever's watching and i will see you all next time bye